climbing, <laughs> climbing comes in, they like, the movements. <laughs> yeah, that's a way to, to grab a beer. It's Chan, welcome, well, welcome you. to this this thing. Let's uh, let's talk about about things. Yeah, I, yeah, I do like to talk sometimes. Perfect, perfect. Loving the studio, it's really nice. Ah, it's the first time you see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really lovely. Like you, you really did well. Ah, thanks. I'm glad that you like it. How was your day so far? It was good. What um, did you do? I spent all day editing today, just doing all the motion graphics for the new mountain goat video excellent tell me about the mountain goat project and i'm just realizing <laughs> i forgot glasses that's okay you can, i got my beer i'll say cheers this far mountain goat project what's so, that about yeah mountain goat climbing is a youtube channel i created basically just documenting my journey amongst climbing and all the things i've learned and i'm still learning off people and through my trial and error and so basically there's like outdoor climbing breakdowns that i'm doing um, tutorials about climbing and just like vlogs and just talking about anything climbing fitness related fantastic yeah. how long ago did you start the channel probably two weeks ago so what's the url i don't have a url yet because i need okay. 100 subscribers to be able to get oh, right. a custom url so how can yeah. we find the, the channel um, what's the title like well last well, time i searched my mountain goat climbing it came up in like the fifth i think recommendation okay Let's um, we'll see see what the let's algorithms show pick up. some of your content. My mountain goat climbing it came up in like the. So today we're at the Black Cave near Manly, and we're working on this problem called Aquarius. It's a V6 overhump, and so it's our first time at this crag today, and we're trying to figure out the beta of the climb. And you see, the beta is a sequence of movements required to complete the climb. And so you give like uh, explanations and instructions yeah while we sh while you show a climb exactly because i like to make what what we do as climbers available to just your everyday person so they can understand the world we we're in and how we solve problems and the the process behind it fantastic because i really love it and it's really fun that's perfect. Okay, let's talk about let's go in depth uh, about climbing. What um, how did you start climbing? Let's start with, that, with that. Well, my friend Sam took me a few years ago. She's one of the root setters at St. Peter's. Um, just started going like once a week here and there. I'm like, yeah, this is fun. It's cool. But then stopped for like years after that. And then I guess I started last year, like right before COVID. Started going into it a bit more and then COVID happened. And then I was in a place where I'm like, oh, I need something to do. I'm just at home doing nothing. Um, and then so... <laughs> Out of boredom, basically. Yeah, and just being fed up with life. And I needed something like movement in my life. Um, so I bought a bouldering pad and started going outside by myself to the front line. Okay. Yeah. Front line is a climbing spot. Yes. Yeah, very, front line is a climbing popular. spot in... Um, For the people who don't know. North Rocks, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your, uh, what does climbing mean to you? Like the, the, the contact with nature and the rocks and in general, like it's, uh, climbing is like very diverse. There's bouldering and there's sport climbing and there's like, what, what's your uh, specialization? Mm, well, I do bouldering a lot because I don't have to rely on anyone. I could just go by myself. And so that's just more accessible for me. But I love all aspects of climbing and 
it, it ticks so many boxes in my life i find like there's a fitness side of it there's a really lovely community um the problem solving aspect i love that which, it just yeah it just tickles my fancy in that way um and yeah just it just yeah it takes a lot of boxes in my life yeah i think what i uh, what i like a, a lot about bouldering is the, the the community aspect of it like it's easy to socialize and meet people and make friends even though it's like a individual sport mm. um having to rely on somebody else to belay you it kind of i don't know it's uh, a whole process you know yeah i don't like sport climbing for many reasons what what don't you like about it <laughs> i think the main thing is probably that like it's not that i have a problem with heights but i don't love heights either like is it like mm. eh, it's okay i can stand heights but but it's not what you want to do on a like saturday afternoon i guess like. no the other thing is i think that my major issue with uh sport climbing specifically is that i don't like like surfing for instance right um it's it feels good it feels great mm -hmm. and it's a very good exercise it's very good for your body and you're in contact with the element like uh, water in the case of surfing and rock in the case of uh, sport climbing mm. but it's pointless it's in like you way? go back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. You're not actually going anywhere. Like you're just like, it's just like ah. But, but in the process of you know catching that wave and getting to that other point, and you're going back and forth, isn't that the best part of it? Isn't that what makes you feel something? Yes, and that is fun, but it's not fulfilling. Like it, okay. I don't find like a meaning in that. I find like right. oh okay. okay, it's fun. I can do it once or twice and then I'm fucking bored because I'm not getting anywhere. Uh, <laughs> no, you got to point B, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, it's like on a, on, a, on a swing. Like, I think my main problem is like the, my mindset is like a traveler mindset. So, and, and for instance, when I travel, um, I hate reaching my destination because that means that my journey is over. So I prefer to like keep traveling. <laughs> so when you tell me like you need to climb like this wall for like, and the wall is maybe like uh, 60 meters tall and, mm -hmm. and you go like, you need to climb uh, like 15 meters to the anchor and then come back down. I'm like, what, 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 what? Like, why? Why would I do that? I want to get to the top and then go over and then keep going. Like that's, <laughs> so for these reasons, I like bouldering and traditional climbing much better because mm. you're not like constrained to like it, you don't need to rely on like um, bolts on the wall so you can climb wherever with traditional climbing and with mm. bouldering as well uh you don't have like a fixed anchor or destination point you can actually use those climbing skills to get or go wherever you want and um yeah pass an obstacle basically and that's why mm. i love bouldering mm. it's like skills to me it's not like yeah, i love it yeah thanks yeah. <laughs> do you try climb much no, I never died. I never died. <laughs> I, I do a lot of bouldering. I <laughs> uh, no, I do a lot of bouldering. I, I want to try trad climbing, but then yeah. there is the component of like you know the altitude that kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, I've done a little like in terms of like you're, you're breathing when you're up there. No, no, no. Uh, I'm like the, the the height. Like I I I'm not scared of heights, but I'm a little bit scared of heights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty scared of heights. Like every time I do top rope or yeah, like any type of bigger wars, I'm still get pretty scared and. I try not to look down, but I just, I don't know, do it. 
Not but sure. I've done a little, little bit of um, uh, free soloing, and I like that better than, yeah. than like you know, <laughs> uh, top roping. What's the highest you free soloed? Uh, probably like fifteen meters. Not much. Oh my god! Wait, fifteen meters. He, yeah, but it was like yeah. a. Uh, what grade would it be here? Like barely anything. Like okay, twelve. Zero. No, yeah, like yeah, like nothing. <laughs> like a ladder, basically. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. Yeah, and and how'd that feel? Ah, oh, it feels amazing. I started doing it when I was like I don't know a kid, like hmm. ten, twelve, uh, and then. I started climbing when I was much older and I realized that the things that I were doing as a kid were a little bit nuts. Uh, so I started doing bouldering instead. <laughs> uh, but now uh, up to like my, I think last time I did something crazy like that was 20, 2009 probably. Yeah, around those years. What was it? Um, I went on a multi-day uh, mountain trip with just a backpack. And By yourself? Uh, it was two of us. The other guy was even crazier than me. <laughs> uh, how... Uh, there's a, how do you call it when like on the side of a mountain there's just like a lot of like very small rocks all together like loose gravel yeah I guess. yeah in italian yeah. it's called a pietraia which is like sort of like dangerous because it can yeah. can like you know yes anytime it's kind of like an avalanche effect yep. kind of thing <laughs> uh but anyway um no the point is that on that occasion um we just like when i get there we're going there straight like it doesn't matter what what's in between so we passed a lot of like uh we had to cross a lake we had to pass a pietraia thing we had to mm -hmm. climb like a 15 meters nothing wall like that was like not too hard but you know with like 20 kilos with backpack. Backpack on. yeah yeah wow uh <laughs> but again i wasn't like probably at that time like i was 21 or something like that uh, yep. full of testosterone at the time and <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that chick trot climbing bowl thing that we talked about? Oh yes. Have you ever have you ever heard of it? Check uh, not climbing. Check not climbing. What's that? So basically, they use bits of rope. Um, we can bring it up. Uh, not not climbing. Not, where yeah. they tie like a knot. They tie a knot. And use it like a trud climbing. Yes. Thing. Yeah. Like an anchor for <laughs> yeah. instead of cams and. This, <laughs> yeah. Look at the picture with the, the blue one. Like you can see how the knots are made. Yeah, or even this. Yeah. Is, is, is that is that safe? <laughs> <laughs> well, is that how is it less safe than like a dice? I don't know. Hey, because like the rope could compress. Yeah, with but more that's, force. That's I think that you you take that in account when you prepare the knot. And it's also easier mm. to squeeze it in because it's like soft. I'm not sure. I never yeah, heard of it like, until like a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. But yeah, this is something that I would like to try because like in theory, you can just go you by yourself with a rope and then you start <laughs> cutting it and climbing it. <laughs> Instead of using it to secure yourself, you use it to like cut it down in <laughs> small pieces and just, you know. That's a good hobby. Sounds a bit risky. Definitely pushing the limits. Yeah. 
So what the riskiest mm-hmm. climb you ever done? No, nothing really. Just like boulder problems here and there. Um, just been to the mountains doing just like top roping climbs, but nothing like too like crazy or anything. Let's I'm, I'm about, still pretty fresh in climbing. To let's be talk about the mental component of bouldering, hmm. like the 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 brain power that is required to like solve a boulder problem. This is also something very hmm. important compared to sport climbing where you just go up <laughs> and down. It's not just up, that. And down. <laughs> no. Yeah, but you no, know you, what I mean? You, In a boulder problem. side to side as well. <laughs> yeah, you can traverse. Yeah. No, but when you, when you, okay. After a certain level, like rock climbing becomes like mixed with bouldering, you know? <laughs> yeah. But my, my, my question is like, what do you think about the, the fact that even before you start climbing, you need to, start processing like what the climb is how to approach it do, do you have like a process to to like figure out the route and all that kind of yeah like i guess i'm at a stage where i can uh intuitive intuitively know where to place my feet and my hands i guess by looking at the position of the hold okay say for example like you're pulling a van side door open and the most practical way to pull that is through like perpendicular yes yeah like that and i feel it's the same thing with the holds if you look at the way the holds are positioned you can see the most ergonomic way to pull on it and then so you need to position your body in the most ergonomic way from that hold yes also because you're hanging so it's not just your hands it's the rest of the body that needs to be positioned accordingly yeah and that's generally done by like different methods of flagging yeah like to grab the the bottom here like the thing that you showed before (laughs) Yeah, because <laughs> if I really reach like that, I'm putting a lot of strain on myself. But if I put my foot here and reach, I can get more <laughs> reach, like an extra foot almost. That makes <laughs> sense. Um, what what you- are the um, secrets or techniques that you like most in climbing? Flagging, definitely. What do you uh, think helps most? Like when somebody wants to learn uh, bouldering or climbing in general, like what are the base techniques that everyone should learn oh okay i reckon keep it to three one thing is keep your hips to the wall because if if you don't have your hips to the wall the gravity is just pulling your hips down yeah consistently and you're just fighting against yourself but when you aim to have your hips close to the wall your center of gravity is more over your feet and so your feet can do more of the work and then tip number two would be use your feet Yes. And so because your feet are a lot stronger than your arms are. Yeah. And so they're going to be like the main driving force when you maneuver yourself on the wall. And so to trust your feet more and really drive down with your toes because you're usually stepping on like really tiny holds. And so you've got to use your tippy toes. <laughs> and then the third one is climb with straight arms. And so from the first two dips, um, keep your hips to the wall, use your feet. And when you climb with straight arms you save a lot more energy. So you're not just pulling yourself up. You need to learn to conserve your energy for when you reach the crux. And the crux for people who don't know is um, the hardest part of the climb, which takes the most energy or coordination to complete. And so I guess when you reach that part of the climb, you want to save all your energy. So you, you have the energy to move past the crux. Fantastic. Yes, mm-hmm. I think most people who start they, they they naturally have the tendency to like pull themselves themselves up instead of like 
using proper footwork that's yeah. probably the most common mistake that was me for like almost <laughs> six months <laughs> that uh, was that was hard how do you protect yourself from injuries um in in mm. bouldering especially like in, in climbing in general but in bouldering especially i think tendonitis <laughs> is the worst enemy uh i used to uh, oh yes I used to, and uh, I thought I had a better question, but this comes first. Um, I used to climb almost every day, mm. um, and my forearms were just killing me. Um, and you can do massage, you can do like you can use like um, tools and devices like rollers and stuff like that. But the, probably the best way to prevent injuries is not to climb over your limit so what do you okay. think is the rule of thumb like the, the norm like what people should do to avoid injuries oh it depends on like different people where people are in their fitness and all that i say definitely warm up <laughs> always warm up um i say like three times a week is a good kind of limit four or five if you really want to <laughs> push it <laughs> yeah but generally like don't push past your limit and warm up beforehand and stretch afterwards also like because a lot of climbing is like you're gripping right and so that's only like this part of your forearm yeah but i guess to counteract that is to strengthen this part of your forearm so in your natural state you will be neutral instead of more like clenched because you're overusing this muscle yeah yeah that makes sense i noticed that my forearm pain um was reduced after I started doing uh, practicing again jujitsu, which is something that I was doing like mm. for years. I don't know. I think I used like an antagonist muscles. Anyway, I it compensates so, yeah. the the problem. So like my inflammation just went away as soon as I started mm. training. Like not intensively, but enough. Mm. Um, what do you think between like what, what's the difference between climbing indoor and climbing in nature? Like climbing past plastic or climbing rocks. <laughs> well, climbing in nature, you're climbing in nature, which is great. It's always great. You have the element of nature and, and I don't know, for me, I just feel better when I'm in nature. But I still love climbing plastic. Yeah. Uh, why is that? Just different kind of problems, I guess. Just all these different sets of problems. Um, yeah, I love both of them, but the, the element of nature just really draws me to it okay what do you like more uh i think it depends i think for i mean i used to like go to go to the gym because of the social aspect of it like i could mm. ma make friends and talk to people but then you can actually do the same if you go climbing outdoors yeah it's pretty much the same people in the gyms that go outside so. yes yes <laughs> but actually it's probably better because when you go outdoors you meet people who um are actually into climbing because uh, people who are just beginning they might not go outdoor and also mm. you meet people who enjoy being in nature yeah and most of the people that i know um like uh, the majority of people that I climb with in the gym, they uh, hardly ever climb outdoors. They're uh, missing out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I try to push them to, to do it. It's, I know, me too. Uh, me some, too, man. Some of them. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do like both. Uh, you get mm. like a, okay, it's a safer environment. 
uh, at least it, it's tricky because it in tricks you yeah it tricks you into feeling safe because <laughs> the mats and like all the colors and safe stuff. enough <laughs> but then if you think it is safe that's when injuries might happen because like you relax too much and you stop worrying and doing things that you supposed to do to stay safe yeah yeah um like for instance stretching or like checking if like there is i don't know uh, moisture on one of the holes or whatever like things that you would do on, on an actual like rock mm. um ultimately i prefer nature obviously but i do like climbing indoor a lot because yeah. it's always like a safe spot like it's uh, something that you can do like no brainer anytime you feel like i need to climb now just go to the gym and yeah whenever you get the itch you can just go yeah well when they're open of course when you climb in nature you kind of need a climbing partner anyway you can boulder by yourself <laughs> mm. but it's always better to have somebody spotting you i think yeah just in case it's not as essential as in sport climbing i mean you could but belay yourself as well if you really <laughs> wanted to but do you really want to <laughs> I guess it would be more more risky than than bouldering by yourself, but yeah. would it, it is know, possible? Yeah. It is possible. Yeah. You can use like There's devices. devices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. solid climb. Yeah, yeah. But the, the point of bouldering anyway is to like, I don't know. I think t to me, I do it because I like the sport. I like the exercise, but I also like like the like-minded people. So going by myself, I I don't mm. see I don't see the point of it. <laughs> w would you yeah. like? bouldered by yourself all the time like not all the time like i definitely enjoy like climbing with friends a lot more and i feel just having them around <laughs> having the friends around and like just pushing you to push your own limits just really helps you push your own limits as well and that energy that everyone creates together just really is Woo. big shout out to nikhil he's the <laughs> he's the motivator of um I, I think to me it makes a huge difference to be honest uh, when I'm trying to do something that is on the edge of my limit and mm. I'm about to give up and there is either a friend of sometimes it's like just completely a random stranger that goes like hey you can do it like that like yes yeah, it makes all the difference it, it makes yeah. the whole, like yeah huge difference <laughs> mm. um, the I mentality actually, switches you know yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you start believing in yourself more because there are people that believe that you can do that I don't know like it's a it's a loop kind of thing it is because like you definitely probably have the physical limit the physical strength to do it and the technical ability to do it it's just that last little mental thing that kind of stops you at times yes. you know yeah yeah you go like oh, i'll get it next time i got so close but if there is somebody that actually believes that you can get it like you start believing more in yourself uh okay climbing and self-confidence mm. What do you think? How do you think that two things are connected? Well, for example, just um, me, I've always been scared of heights. And so getting into climbing has helped me navigate, I guess, make decisions when the fear kicks in and how I like stay calm when the fear kicks in. So I guess that played a big part in self-confidence. Interesting. And at the same time, just socializing as well, just putting myself out there more and just talking to people just being more social than I was previously what else do you do to um, maintain a good uh, 
what's the word mental health besides climbing because because climbing is something that like it keeps my mind calm mm. and and helps me focus on anything basically it just relaxes me and puts me in a good in a good mindset mm. is is climbing the only thing that you do to achieve that state or are there any other no but the ratio is like 90% climbing <laughs> okay <laughs> like when i have to rest like i play music a lot uh, i play guitar a lot and didgeridoo what's um, the thing behind you <laughs> that's that's a didgeridoo in a didgeridoo case oh, yeah. well, what a coincidence <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who put that there how long have you been playing the didgeridoo for um about i think four or five years now let's um let's have a uh, didgeridoo demonstration actually last friday uh chan uh came in uh here to play in a jam session with a couple of other fantastic musicians and uh one of the three um instrumental performances <laughs> was uh accompanied by didgeridoo music and i think it was quite great how, how heavy is that it looks quite heavy uh it's a few kilos okay what is it made of iron bark wood okay yeah so is it native to australia obviously and yes is it unique species as well I don't know. um i'm not too sure to be honest mm. let's hear it <laughs> one note only right what's the note so this one's in the key of d okay so yeah it's just the one note but then i generally like hum or like kind of sing over it like and then add different textures to, on top of that can you bend the notes like you know how when you play uh i might i might be saying something wrong here but i'm pretty confident that when you play um an harmonica in the key of the c for instance certain notes you can bend with your uh, diaphragm yeah. to achieve notes that are not in the in that sc in, in the scale in the scale yeah. can you do the same with a didgeridoo uh kind of i think i'm not too sure i know you can get like different octaves of the same key yeah i'm not sure if you can bend it too much that does sound yeah, like a, a different bit. octave yeah. yes um so ideally like what what's the uh what's the way to go with the didgeridoo like do you need to have a set of i don't know many didgeridoos 12 oh. or whatever depends like what you're after like if you if you want to jam with different musicians that play in different keys yeah, you need to get different keys of didgeridoos. Or are there didgeridoos in each key? Yeah. Oh. Or there's a didgeridoo bone where 
there's two um i think pvc pipe okay and then it slides so you can kind of adjust the key and yeah. oh interesting it's like yeah. the equivalent of a chromatic uh, harmonica yeah kind of, kind of like a trombone did you do yeah, yeah. interesting interesting that's so how yeah. what's the history behind this do, do you happen to know? how old is the instrument originally and stuff i've heard it's the oldest instrument in the world yeah oh. fantastic let's look it up it sounds but interesting I, mm. I have no idea what's the story of a didgeridoo is but it makes a good sound Mm. Uh, it works very well with uh, the gym session from uh, last Friday. I'm glad. <laughs> Do you have any reason why you chose this specific uh, instrument? Is there any deeper meaning or deeper connection that you have with music and with this music in particular? Yeah, I guess I, I went to a sound healing session. I went to a sound healing session and there was a guy playing didgeridoo and like the singing bowl and so he he started playing the didgeridoo around around the room and starts playing on people's bodies like he just hovers the didgeridoo over you oh wow and starts playing and you can really feel just something i don't know something whatever that is but the pressure of the air the vibration of it all uh-huh. whatever it's moving inside you because you know vibration affects water and our body is made up of water Okay. So there's that. And since then I've just been really curious about the didgeridoo. And yeah, I just fo- kept following that curiosity. And I find that instrument brings me a lot of peace. Okay. It's it's um almost hypnotic, I want to say like the sound of a didgeridoo. I could I could listen for a long time and it puts you in a sort of like a trance. Yes. Uh it's like staring at fire in a way. Like mm. it connects you, we, 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 it connects you with a primordial element in a way. Yeah, it can put you in that theta state. Yes. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's so peaceful. What? What? Why do you want to achieve inner peace? <laughs> <laughs> Because when I have inner chaos, it doesn't really feel too good. <laughs> Tell me about chaos. Tell uh-huh. me about about how how does it feel bad? It feels like I have no peace. <laughs> <laughs> But what's 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 about the lack of peace or what about chaos mm. that you don't like? I guess like when your thoughts are just raising too much and it's just like complete bullshit. Sometimes it's just random thoughts just continuously and you can't shut your mind off. And so meditation is basically the same as playing the didgeridoo in a way. Like it achieves well, the same result. I I haven't meditated enough to really know that certain type of bliss, but I know like from meditation teachers and all that, they tell you it's not about shutting your mind off, it's about letting your thoughts just be there and accepting it. But at the same time, like the thoughts are all still running and running. But I find with things like the didgeridoo and sound healing, it can just bring me to a place of peace in a more, I don't know, efficient way. than just trying to sit there like trying to meditate and just like not but i think if you put an effort in meditation it kind of defeats the point uh meditation should be like something effortless to my understanding it might be tricky at the beginning to get in that status of quiet mind because we're not normally used to it but once you learn what is the way you can walk it like quite you can reach that point like uh, quite 
easily. Uh, Do you meditate much? I used to. Uh, now I don't have enough time, which <laughs> is what, like, uh, this, which is the reason why I should meditate even more. There's always time, Francesco. Uh, yes, there is always time. Did you find it helped you to a place of peace? There are many different techniques of meditation, and I think the way my brain works, I'm sort of like meditating a lot anyway, most of the time. Just like your neutral state? Yes. Um, Would that be like just being mindful in everything you do, or just like a like no, just detachment? Like acknowledging myself and acknowledging my uh, thoughts yep. while detaching myself from my inner self from anything that can be perceived so mm. my physical body and also my um, subconscious and my ego I don't know if that makes any sense it's a bit uh, to a degree <laughs> How would you define the ego? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, um, how do I personally define it? Uh, I think the ego is not very positive aspect of our psyche. Uh, I think I think I didn't give much thought to this specific uh issue rather I I gave a lot of consideration to how I define identity of the self like w what's me what's you uh and I think ego and like subconscious and all of that is like a different level of consciousness mm. but the um i want to say that i might argue that what people believe they are it might be wrong <laughs> yes in and, and and of course this mm. means nothing by itself but um, my point is that everything around us is just uh, the response to it's, per, it's it's matter of perception. Uh, our senses are in a way uh, the the organs that let us sense things are sensors, and we yep. perceive reality through those devices biological yep. devices uh so reality doesn't technically ex exist it's just like you know when you have like a mri machine mm -hmm. for an mri machine <coughs> the scan that comes out of it is reality and for a uh, what is called a um, seismometer reality mm -hmm. is just like wavy lines that indicate if there is like a earthquake or not uh so 
for us, reality is what we can perceive because we have these senses. But if you think about other animals as well, uh, they have senses that we don't have. And mm. imagine perceiving reality with those extra senses like uh, mm. infrared vision and ultrasound and like... Uh, so, so... Plus the like concept of time is... Oh, way different exist. to us like, time, time it's completely relative yeah because say for example like a, uh how long does a dog live for like 20 years human years roughly give yeah. or take and then we live for about like 80 years 80 90 100 like, something give or take yeah <laughs> imagine like the concept of time like i only have this long this 20 year span to live as opposed to like 100 years and say for a fly they live like a few days their concept of life is only like a day or two you know absolutely what do you think about time it's all i think it's all different for everyone how we perceive time just like when you're in a moment and you're having fun and time just flies your concept of time is completely different to someone outside of that moment i guess by the way i'm gonna have a very interesting conversation about time next thursday with a time specialist so just, <laughs> just he's got like, plenty of time on him yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes you should uh if you're interested in time and and the scientific explanation and details about time everyone should check out next thursday's is it doc from back to the future <laughs> is it? Uh, no it's the doc from doctor who <laughs> no it's actually a quantum physics uh mm. expert and yeah. we're gonna have a conversation about uh, quantum physics and interesting uh, yeah. But, yeah. relativity and time i think time's just like a measurement yes kind of like how we see like uh months and days and all that it's just another measurement really i don't know i have the tendency to 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 um break everything down into sort of like measurable terms um so when you say like for instance vibrations or energy or uh time m most people i have this conversation with they tell me oh you're very spiritual but i'm actually not quite the contrary i don't understand what that word means spiritual <laughs> doesn't, yeah, mean yeah, <laughs> doesn't mean shit doesn't mean Guys, uh, we have a question. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no. Uh, with pleasure. So this is from Marco. Hey, Marco. Hey, Marco. So he's asking, uh, could music therapy be the healing uh, therapy or medicine, of, like homemade med medicine of the nearest near future? Do you think it's possible? Or? I definitely agree. It's one method of healing. I feel there's so many different methods of healing, and this is definitely one method that's helped me in my individual life but i feel there's so many different aspects of healing and what healing is to many different people depending what they go through but for me something like this brings me so much peace i find like and i just really connect to it just straight away i can't really explain it but i just feel that and so for me it just brings me to a place of peace and healing what can you heal with music it's a soul expression traumas how do you define soul <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a very religious term to me mm. that's hard because like 
like am I am I all all of my memories in this whatever chun this thing <laughs> is that me or am I simply just a, an awareness that goes deeper than chun you know am I am I simply just because I am aware than I am huh. yeah I don't know what is a soul what soul could be anything there's like a soul in everything I guess whatever expresses itself yeah i guess i guess how do you define it i don't know is the self where does the self resides in your brain hmm that's a good question like physically in this body like if i chop one of your legs i'm not gonna do it but <laughs> <laughs> it, will be, it will be very <laughs> unpleasant and rude of me um really messy uh, also that uh but you're not gonna be any less of what you are except like physically <laughs> physical leg um so where does your identity subconscious identity re- resides like uh, if if you take organs away from people like they're still themselves yeah i guess it comes down to the awareness and the memories maybe yeah it lives on in people's memories and Cause, yeah, because yeah, say like someone has dementia and they they forget everything. Are, are they still like them, them as you know them, or are they still like they still are they still the same soul, but without memories? <laughs> hmm. I don't like the word soul. To me, it implies just like Jesus stuff. Uh, you know what I mean like it's it's, it's, uh, I don't know I I, I think the word soul to me uh, what would you call it I I don't have a name for it what's your favorite thing spirit no I think I think uh, identity I want to say do you feel memory has a lot to do with identity or is do you feel it goes deeper than that well memory is connected with the concept of time in which <laughs> i don't believe so uh events past and events future like i believe in in reality and reality is what i personally can only perceive right now in a fraction of a second if you want to use like time measurement yeah. units so like the uh, present yeah. moment whatever that is yes so whatever was whatever was two seconds ago it is no more like it mm. and and yeah yeah so all that all that exists is just the whatever is right now mm. and so yeah so we just got to make the most of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it keeps changing the the, the yeah. present keeps changing and yeah. we keep changing as well i mean our body decays constantly our cells they um, decay and regenerate and it's you're like not the same person years, i think it's like completely and new cells yeah, or yeah, yeah 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 and i mean physically we change as well like you're not the same person that you were uh, a month ago you're not the same person that you were like when you were like a toddler like it's it's like yes, even the yes, shape thank, of thankfully you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh i guess i guess these the i mean this whole thing that we are in Mm. is a huge uh we're just passing through (laughs) 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 
Raw credits. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an experiment on perception to me. Like yeah. if you ask me like, what's the meaning of life? It's an experiment on perception. Like, I do feel it's very experimental. It's it, like God's just having fun or whatever you want to call God, whatever created everything, divine force, energy, life, whatever. Well, there are theories that claim that the universe is cyclic. Cyc- it goes cyclical. In ci- cyclical, yeah. It goes in cycles. Um, so it expands, it implodes, goes back and forth and never ends. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you feel like maybe we've had this conversation before? Like this exact same conversation? <laughs> well, what do this, you mean this by... This all happened before, like in another universal cycle. And then this conversation is just playing it again. What do you mean by before? That implies time. It's <laughs> <laughs> just part of the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> and in a way, they're all happening at the same time. It like, could be parallel. Mm. I mean, because time doesn't exist technically. So everything that ever happened and will happen and is happening is it's happening actually in the moment. Is happening in the yeah. moment. So... What's the point of everything then? <laughs> but doesn't that just give a lot of freedom? Absolutely. I believe and in... Liberation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's why I don't want to, like, you know... Uh, I'm, I mean, the reason why I think that it's going to be fine, whatever it is, just... Like, everything... Yeah, we'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean... Okay, I don't believe in... Okay, this is, like, a strong... Um, point of view but i don't believe in right and wrong mm-hmm. at all uh as much as i don't believe in like uh, good and bad is another thing but right and wrong i'm, I'm not sold to the idea of yeah. well, right and wrong. what would be the difference between good and bad and right and wrong it, it, it's a matter of perception when you yeah. apply judgment uh I think everything is good and bad at the same time and we are not capable of seeing like a big picture because of our human nature and I also believe that our human nature is not our true nature it's 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 mm. a particle of what we are part of and as much as a cell is not aware of a body we are not aware of what we are part of mm. at this current point at this current point yeah i don't know if a cell is ever going to be aware that it's part of a body but especially when the body dies or the cell dies and all of that but i think it that it doesn't really matter because we are part of what we are regardless we're aware of it or not what do you think that is i have no idea there's no way of knowing Hmm. I mean, how would you know? It just feels that um I know here I hear like ayahuasca can open <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about drugs. This is getting uh I need to stay hydrated. Yeah. Have you ever tried ayahuasca? No, I haven't tried ayahuasca. Um just no, and I haven't felt the calling yet. I, I, mm. uh, that was my question. Are you interested in trying ayahuasca? Like right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have some DMT somewhere in a drawer. But no, actually, I never yeah, tried ayahuasca. At some point in my life, I definitely want to. Same. But, but uh, yeah. I feel like I, I will know when I know, when mm. I feel the calling for it. 
I know that whenever I'm gonna happen to be in South America, mm. I'm just gonna do it. Cool. But I'm not planning on doing it, and I have mm. no urgency or like I'm not. I don't feel any call. I'm just like if I stop by that area of the world for any whatever reason, which is gonna happen eventually because I travel a lot. Mm. Then that that is definitely an experience that I wanna try. Because everything is about experiencing things anyway. And I heard so many good uh, reviews. Yeah, on, uh, on Google, like good five-star <laughs> reviews on, about Ayahuasca. Positive, positive experiences uh, from people that I trust. Yeah. Um, and I've done a lot of research as well. There's a... Yeah. What's your, what's your like perception on Ayahuasca? Like, what do you feel it is and what do you feel it can bring to your life? To be honest, I don't... Okay. Curiosity is the ultimate answer. Uh, and, you know, curiosity is what um, killed the cat. But <laughs> I think... Okay. I'm not into drugs. I've never done any drug. Um, and I wouldn't try except for like occasional uh, marijuana uh, and uh, which doesn't really qualify. I mean, what drugs anyway? Uh, anyway. Pharma <laughs> pharmaceuticals are drugs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like even coffee is a drug. Like, is yeah, addictive. cigarettes. Yes. Yeah, but anyway, so, yeah. yeah. Regardless of all of that, uh, the only like illegal drug that is yeah. now legal in the like lot of countries anyway is marijuana that I've done. Uh, I have zero interest in trying most drugs especially the um, chemically like uh, built <laughs> ones uh, developed or whatever mm -hmm. um, but this opens an entire uh, other consideration about what's natural and what's not natural uh, but that's another story um, I guess my point is I would not try DMT, just just the substance. I have no interest. I want to try ayahuasca. Uh, so DMT, for people who don't know, is the um, principio attivo. The it's a it's a chemical that your brain releases when you dream, when okay. you're born, and when you die, and it's in every plant and every animal. Yes, it's everywhere, and we have uh, DMT inhibitors in our brain that prevents us from tripping all the time, but. <laughs> When you do ayahuasca, they mix this uh, plant, uh, like they make this drink, and that stops the inhibitors in your brain, so the DMT is free to circulate and has these like, uh, psychedelic effects. And they say all sorts of things, like it connects with your inner self, it opens the gates, gates to new worlds or whatever. Uh, but the point is that you can achieve the same just taking DMT uh, as a chemical drug, the reason why I would not do that is because it, it's not because I have an interest in the spiritual side of the other option. Like, I don't care for the... Um, again, I'm not a very spiritual person in the sense that uh, I believe that the shaman has any healing power or... Um, he doesn't. He's just guarding you and it's really exactly. you that's healing absolutely so 
if I was taking DMT on my own on my couch, I would feel like a junkie and I have no interest in doing Even if I had somebody helping me, like taking care of me and all of that, I'm like, what's the, I, I have no interest for that. But uh, in a context where there is a history behind it in the tradition and there is like a spiritual guide, even though I don't buy the spiritual side of it, I want to experience that and, and, and learn why they're doing what they're doing what's their motive so it's more like a, a yeah like why have they been doing these ceremonies since the beginning yeah. of their time for thousands and thousands of years like yeah it does spark my curiosity too yes yeah uh and it's it's my uh tourist side that wants to experience that basically yeah. just like i yeah. want to take some photos and no, no, no! I just wanna—I I just wanna be there and be yeah. part of it, and be like, oh, "Yeah, I've done that, and I know how it feels." And yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to try it. Yeah, there's so many commercialized tours these days. Yeah, yeah, so that I would avoid. It's always around. Like any type of thing, I feel gets saturated by. Yeah, as soon as as soon as Joe Rogan starts talking about something, <laughs> it becomes like super <laughs> popular. Elk meat. <laughs> Elk meat. Yes. What's that? Elk. Meat? Uh, he he's he's like a bow hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Uh, and he praises like elk meat a lot. Right. Uh, and uh, mo- almost every guest that he has, he goes like, "I have like a tons kilos of elk meat in my fridge. Do you want some?" <laughs> like. Uh, and I'm sure it's great. Yeah. As opposed to like a cow or so. Yeah. Well. Mm. said the vegetarian <laughs> um what's your relationship with drugs <clears throat> that's really good <laughs> <laughs> it's very on and off i'd say um i guess a couple of years ago i did a lot of psychedelics um the past two years i've like how off- would you describe it to a person that has never done any psychedelics what kind of person? Me. <laughs> or anyone else who's never tried it. Hmm. Um, I guess it makes you more sensitive in the, the senses that you already have and the ones that you're, you're not too aware of. And so I feel you can, you're just a lot more sensitive to energy, energies, I guess. And you can just pick up on a lot of things whilst you're having this psychedelic experience where... I don't know, it's different because sometimes the psychedelics can make you feel sober. Like yeah. the most sober you've ever been. But then sometimes like it's the opposite. Is it like the same when you drink a lot and you go like, I can definitely drive now? <laughs> no, no, not like that. It's different to being drunk. It's It's very like, you see things clearly, I feel. That can be in the terms of your thought patterns, in the terms you relate to people, in the ways that other people relate to each other, the things that they're not saying to each other, just things like that. Have and you ever had bad trips? Or? Yeah, yeah, a few times. What happened? Um, well, like, during most of the trip, I was just with my friend playing guitar, and that was great. Um, but then I went back home, and then, I don't know, I just started hearing voices. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that went on for hours, and I thought I just went schizophrenic. I'm like, oh shit, I really did it this time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That happens to me without taking any drugs. (laughs) I mean, hearing voices. But the voices were loud. Um, Okay. I don't know, I guess I just had to wait it out, just 
tried to remind myself, right, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping, you know, it's okay. Just distract myself so I'm not just sitting in my thoughts. What, what was the voice saying? Like, what were you hearing, actually? I couldn't really make out, like, if it was speaking, like, English or whatever, but, like, it was really loud and it felt like it was just, like, right in my ear. Wow. Yeah. Must weird. be annoying. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I find ketamine to be a really interesting one. I know nothing about it. Um, uh, except it's that it's like a tra- tra- tranquilizer, yeah. Well, yeah, they use it to tranquilize horses. It's very tranquil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do feel time really slows down on ketamine. Okay. Yeah. Because I, like, I could be just doing things with my friends and just be so involved with something. And it feels like it went on for hours. But then I, I look at my watch and only 10 minutes have passed. I'm like, how is this possible? Like, we did so much. But did you actually do much or did you like feel you did much? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, do you do drugs for recreational reasons or just for the pleasure of it or because you actually benefit uh, from like for a healing kind of process or both? Mm, I guess it started with recreational curiosity kind of stuff. Um, but then it started becoming more about healing and respecting what this substance or tool has to show you. And I guess for me, like it has taught me to be more empathetic Okay. Just with all the trips I had. It made me look at my past and I guess like traumas and all the things I had to go through and to really like, I don't know, I guess like decipher all of that and understand why certain things happened. And what that kind of led to through the actions I took from those experiences, you know. And so I guess lately it's been more tailored towards healing and helping people find different perspectives and for them to heal and grow. And how do you choose which drug is more appropriate for your current like status, like for your current situation or whatever? I guess it's different for everyone. For me, I, I do find acid I can sit with more easily than mushrooms. Okay. Like Sometimes with mushrooms, I can just feel uncomfortable for no reason. And that uncomfortability just sits in my stomach for the whole trip. But even though like mentally I'm in a good spot beforehand or so, I've like had enough rest and all that. But I feel, I don't know, sometimes mushrooms just puts me in that spot where I'm just like existential and confused. I'm like, what's going on? But I find with acid, sometimes I can be really intuitive and just really go for it. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Any side effects of any other drugs? Like besides feeling... Well, with mushrooms, it helped me stop smoking. Okay. That was a side effect. Another side effect, um, you'll be more empathetic and a bit more sensitive. But they sound like a positive side effect. <laughs> yeah, still side effects. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I guess it really depends on your set and setting. Like, it really matters where where your head's at and where you do it. Like, preferably in nature. Okay. And why is that? It just feels better. Feels better. It's it's nature. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the connection there? Well, I do feel mushrooms because it's a natural plant. Do you feel like more vulnerable when like you're 
under the influence of drugs and that's why like nature maybe has this sort of like nurturing yeah definitely that and plus like when you're at home you're constantly surrounded by all this like wi-fi screens cameras first world kind of stuff <laughs> all this first world kind of like yeah things and it's nice to disconnect from that because i feel like when you when you want to take psychedelics it's to like separate yourself from all of this life that you've built up and all of this kind of first world distractions and stress and all that this is pretty alienating um but i mean some people say that like we as humans first world humans have lost track of what life is really about and lost track of the contact with nature and all but one might argue that what is actually happening uh, is that we have transformed the environment around us to the point that nature is the alien element to a point not not alien in the sense that with a negative um, connotation but alien to us like we are not fit anymore <coughs> to belong in that element and what, what do you think about that <laughs> oh wow never never heard it like that before i feel i feel we need nature oh we certainly do yeah i feel it's a part of us in the same way like we we need vegetables <laughs> we, we need to eat vegetables and fruits to survive it's not covid i promise <laughs> um yes the same with like minerals in the water that we drink um one 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 thing um to support this we don't belong in nature theory i do believe that theoretically a vegan diet i'm not vegan i'm vegetarian i believe that a vegan diet is theoretically the healthiest diet for a person i've tried it for months the effect of my body were astonishing i'm not gonna list like all the positive things but the the, the thing that made me go back to a vegetarian diet is it's not natural in the sense that you need supplements like there is no way for a person to live an healthy life and have an healthy diet on a vegan diet without taking supplements or fortified foods which is basically supplements put mm. into food uh what kind of supplements b12 specifically that's the only one that you cannot find nowadays in vegetable products because it's a byproduct of bacteria and fruit and veggies are industrially washed and all of that and long story short there's no b12 in any uh vegan products hmm. what about like fermented foods Say like kimchi or something or sauerkraut. Kimchi they put kimchi they put um, uh, fish sauce like it's part of kimchi, right? Oh, this is the vegan ones now, but yes, I think originally they do. But hmm. I'm not 
aware of presence of B12 in kimchi. <laughs> uh, but neither am I. We can look it up. But I, I I wouldn't personally rely on kimchi <laughs> for my well-being and, you know, uh don't think many do. <laughs> <laughs> kimchi is very good by the way. Yes, yeah, really tasty. Yes. Um I really like the idea and this is just me most people are totally fine with mm-hmm. um, yeah i'm gonna take b12 from now on uh, supplements or i'm gonna buy fortified food but i like the idea that even if it's never gonna happen one day i'm like living by myself in the woods with the wolves or whatever i can survive without tablets <laughs> so <laughs> it would be nice <laughs> yeah uh I don't know. I I just well, I, like, that being said, uh, does that mean the vegan diet is unnatural because they need to take supplements? That was what what I was trying to say. I think if you need to rely on a laboratory to make a product that supplies your nutrients, mm. it's not like relying on a farm or on nature like that thing if the factory shuts down it's not it's not gonna be made anymore yeah and the other way to get it is to eat meat or um eggs or cheese which is which gives you plenty of ritual anyway um so to me that is an example of the fact that as humans we are not fit anymore to belong in nature because we changed the nature of nature in a way not affecting nature itself but affecting our ability to live in that kind of environment because we've adapted enough without nature and so yeah we created our own world and we adapted to live in it and we made that like outside of nature or it, it doesn't need nature Mm. Uh, so yeah it's it's kind of having said that it's great to go back to nature and be part of it and try try to uh, connect with it because it's it's our nature Um, but sadly we're transitioning to a we don't need dirt and trees anymore who's we humans (laughs) like every human or like majority of the mainstream humans most humans no i mean i'm talking like genetically predisposed to not need certain things and need other things i don't know but like if if we don't need dirt and all the natural elements like where we're going to grow our foods and all that and like we do need an aspect of that to provide the foods that we eat, right? So therefore, there's that is a part of there's laboratories what that we need. are creating meat from stem cells, and they make like steaks and burgers without the need for animals, like the meat, which is actual meat. How long for? And have there been a majority of people like eating that for the majority of their lifetime that they've adapted? in that way that they don't need anything else no but i mean that that meat they that, that meat specifically it's exactly the same as regular meat from a cow but you don't need a cow anymore and 
you need a lab instead and researchers and doctors and scientists so you need you see my point like what is shifting is we used to rely on nature to provide for ourselves now we're relying on ourselves to provide for ourselves mm. and once we I'd be curious to see where that goes and how long once we make the that leap, can be sustainable for It'd I'm not sure but yeah. uh, what worries me is that once we make the leap then are we going to be able to jump back if we need who knows yeah who knows yeah it's, it's an interesting age we live in now there's so much going on and I'm really curious to see like where things go in the next like 30 years there will be people living in space as well in the future yeah we'll see i need to watch that show what's it called kyo the expanse it's yes. so good you guys got to watch it the expanse no it's i haven't seen that yet. series on, on amazon i heard cool. it's good i need to i need to watch it mm-hmm. anything else we haven't covered oh there's many things we haven't covered <laughs> <laughs> i don't know any more questions Just my personal question. Yes. How does sound healing work? Like in the process, uh, can you tell us what you actually went through in that therapy? So I guess it's different f- f- per healer or person. But generally they they just set the space and they like sage or whatever they need to do to really bring that set the space. and then they just start playing either it's singing bowls or didgeridoo or flute or whatever modality of music and it can either go on for like an hour or, or longer it really depends but they they play the instrument and generally it's a drone and that drone just really sends you to the theta state where what's you, the theta state it's when you're not awake but you're not asleep mm. and you're just kind of hovering in between but you're aware of it. That's it's cool. super nice. Is it like lucid dreaming or kind of, yeah. So I guess like when your body's in that state, it naturally heals itself at a better rate. So I guess the sound is helping you be in that state so your body can heal itself at a better rate. And plus think about vibration, right? Um say for example, if I raise my voice because I'm angry, you can tell straight away that I'm angry. and you you feel something inside oh this guy's angry and all that it's the same thing with the vibration it affects the chemical makeup in our body in a frequency kind of way and say so our body is made up of like 70% water and so the sound can definitely affect the water in our body as well and to bring you to a more harmonious state it's definitely romantic <laughs> it depends how you see it. I just see it as a really lovely way of getting into yeah. peace. Yeah. I'd love to give it a go. Like Yeah, like I'm happy to do a sound healing for you guys one one day. That'd be great. Yeah. It's yeah. It yeah, it really takes you somewhere. Fantastic. If anyone wants to experience sound healing, uh Chan. <laughs> Reach out or also if you're interested in bouldering videos, tutorials. <laughs> Didgeridoo music. Thanks a lot, everyone, for watching. Thank you very much, Chan, for coming Thank here. Thank you. Amazing conversation. I really enjoyed it. Good chatting with you. And please subscribe if uh, you find these chats 
Uh, interesting. Buonanotte. Buonanotte. Awesome. <laughs>